podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. May I have your attention, please? You need passion. You need desire. You need want. We play with that passion. We play together. We play for each other. And we play to win. We are Notre Dame. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated International. I'm your host, JP McGrath, joined as ever by Len Clark. And Len, it's here. We're back to look ahead to Notre Dame's opening game of the 2021 season this Sunday night in Tallahassee against Florida State. Len, last time we spoke, the Irish are just wrapping up their spring camp. They just concluded their full camp, officially named the starting quarterback and announced the depth chart for the season, all of which we're going to cover as we look ahead to the game. On Sunday, we'll start with that news that Jack Cohn has been officially announced as the Irish starting quarterback for the 2021 season. Len, we both expect this to be the outcome after Jack announced he was transferring to Notre Dame in January. Your thoughts on the announcement? Well, it's the end of the Ian Book era. We haven't talked since after the spring game back in May. So it's been a, a summer where we really anticipated the start of Notre Dame football. And we can't believe it's going to begin this weekend. Sunday night, Labor Day weekend here in the United States uh, against a very good Florida State program. Not ranked, but Notre Dame goes into the game ranked number nine, as you said, a brand new quarterback. But, you know, here is a person who has been battle tested. He played it in the Big Ten at Wisconsin. So he's not used to, uh, you know, going into situations where he's not prepared. And so it's going to be a little bit different of a look. It's not Ian Book anymore. And, J.P., the one thing that I have seen with Jack Cohn is that he is a tall passer. He's the tallest quarterback since Deshaun Kaiser. He's about six foot four. The past couple of years, Notre Dame has flirted with the quarterbacks in the 5'11 range. So he can see the field. Now, the one thing that we have not seen out of Jack Cohn is his mobility in the pocket. And we know last season there was a package in the red zone where Ian Book was a triple option. He could hand the ball off. He could pass, but he could also run into the end zone for a touchdown and we have not seen the legs of Jack Cohn, but look for him to provide leadership on Sunday night against Florida State. And I think the Irish will be in well-capable hands. Definitely. Uh, I've, been, I've been really impressed by his, his leadership skills, earning the respect and trust of his teammates, especially in the way uh, he works. Tommy Reese was extremely impressed by his, his film room studies. Uh, he's been he's been really impressing there. That's what kind of helped him separate himself from, from Drew Pine and Tyler Butler, especially Drew Pine, who, who, did, who did push him in spring. Uh, and it's a really competitive quarterback room, really good chemistry there. And yeah, as you say, it's great to have a quarterback who can who can see over that offensive line. Um, the depth chart was announced on Monday. No real surprises other than J.D. Bertrand taking the spot at uh, Will Linebacker uh, after the, the really sad news of Maris Leofau's season-ending injury. Anything that caught your eye with the depth chart then? Well, I think J.D. Bertrand was going to see time on the field. He's a fan favorite, especially on a podcast that we do over in Dublin on Dublin City FM because of the connections in Dublin. But he's just got a nose for the football. He's kind of like a Jack Kaiser. They're very similar. If you took their jerseys off, you wouldn't be able to separate them. But J.D. really cut his teeth on special teams last year. He's got a great work ethic. He just has a nose for the football. He has been around that football all fall camp. And so... Great depth at the linebacker position, really anchored by Drew White and Paul Bauer. And so that is a strength 
going into the season, especially on the new tutelage of Marcus Freeman. So I think the defense is really going to set the tone in this game. If the defense can go in there and get Florida State, who also has a graduate transfer quarterback coming in, a couple of three and outs early, that builds the confidence. And then Notre Dame, if they can just score on every position, then it's going to be a night where it's going to favor the Fighting Irish. Exactly. Yeah, it's not just Notre Dame who have had their share of quarterback controversy this offseason. Uh, Mackenzie Milton, the uh, UCF transfer, uh, coming and battling out with Jordan Travis. Now, Mike Lovell hasn't said, hasn't announced uh, a starting quarterback. We do think it will be Jordan Travis. Now, he did struggle with the passing elements uh, uh, last year, but he has that 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 speed uh, as a runner in the quarterback position really helped elevate the Florida State running game uh, last year, ran for over a thousand yards. He It seems as he has improved as a passer in the off season. But as I said, that passing game really struggled last year. They finished 101st in passing down success rate uh, and, and in third and long success rate, 120th. And then in, in a season where only 127 games played, that isn't a very telling statistic. I thought what was very interesting about the depth chart was Kevin Austin, seeing his name at the top of that wide receiver uh, depth chart. Now, Kevin is almost a parochial figure every, um, uh, every uh, spring camp. But he's shown up. You know, he's an athlete that I don't think Notre Dame have in that receiving core. Very traditional boundary receiver sort of build. Six foot three, 200 pounds. Got those long strides. Him and Braden Lindsay, another player who struggled with his injury issues last year. He's really turned up a level this summer. That speed is there. Uh, some a really elite at catching the ball at a high level. And then, of course, Avery Davis, the, the consummate Notre Dame uh, professional. He's been all over the place. He's going to start on the slot. It's a deep... Uh, it's a deep... Um, uh, 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 receiving receiving class not necessarily the most experienced in terms of touchdowns and catches but as the season progresses and as that chemistry gets built you also have one of the best tight ends in the country Michael Mayer Tommy Reese said he could be the best tight end ever and in with a school with uh, a deep lineage of, of, of tight ends that's really high praise well Jack Cohen's going to have a lot of options as you said Kevin Austin finally getting back on the, the gridiron after Really, a couple of tough seasons where injuries have really taken him out. I had a chance to talk to him this past week. Uh, the great thing, he's, he's got a chance to go back to his home state. He's a native of Florida. So here's a chance for really to have a breakout game for him. And so if I was the Notre Dame offensive coaching staff, I would say, let's get him involved as much as possible. You know, the adrenaline is going to be there. He's going to have a lot of family and friend support. But just to get him off on a positive note, and as you said, uh, Avery Davis, he can do everything. And the one thing as far as the passing game, JP, that we really haven't talked about is the improvement of Tyron Williams catching the ball out of the backfield. So you've talked about the tight end, Michael Mayer. You talked about the wideouts with Kevin Austin and Braden Lindsay and Avery Davis. And then you've got Tyron Williams. Well, look for Notre Dame to come out throwing the football and getting some huge yardage, especially on that first possession. Of course, and Kyron was such a such a weapon last year. I'm looking forward to seeing him again. And also Chris Tyree, you know, I think that expansion of the offense, I want to see them both on the field. Didn't happen as much last year, but that running back room is deep. They're both explosive. We've seen the uptake in the amount of screen plays and gadget plays, even Kyron lining up on the slot as well and in the clips that we've seen. It's getting these guys on the field, uh, those really uh, dynamic athletes. And I do think that the Florida State secondary has, 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 it has a tough day. You know, they've lost the awesome Asante Samuel Jr. last year to the draft. 
They're 112th in passing down success rate. They're 58th in marginal explosiveness against the pass. So they do limit the big plays, but they struggle in the short to intermediate game. That's where Jack Cohn can really hurt a defense. I think with that, with the players that you talked about, Notre Dame has a chance to really have Florida State on their heels and not really knowing what to expect. And you mentioned Chris Tyree. He's got breakaway speed. He'll be used on kickoff return and punt return uh, probably throughout the season. But just having that big play ability and having that in the back pocket, that is going to pay huge dividends down the road. And then one running back that we really haven't talked about is Sebo Flemister. And you know, look for him to you know, be really used on short yardage situations because he is a power runner. And so, as you said, the more we talk about this uh, offense, you know, the more weapons they have, but it's really going to be predicated by the people they have up front. Jarrett Patterson is leading that offensive line, but I tell you, a player that has really come in early as an early enrollee and is impressed is Blake Fisher, the freshman out of Avon, Indiana, and look for him really to start his Notre Dame career off in a big way if he can break open a couple of holes for the running backs. He impressed us as soon as he stepped onto that field, just the size of him. He looked impressive from, from the first weeks of even spring camp. Uh, that, that offensive line on Sunday will be Blake Fisher at left tackle, Seacrow at left guard, Jared Patterson at centre, Kay Madden, the transfer at right guard, and Josh Lug. Tommy Reese said his Blake Fisher's talent is evident. He's a big, imposing physique. Isaiah Foskey, the most imposing edge defender, uh, really struggled against him on some, on some passing block, um, on some pass blocking situation. Jared Patterson, of course, the captain, the most experienced player, started all 13 games at centre in 20, 2019, nine games in 2020. He started in that O-line that allowed no sacks against Florida State last year. And Kay Madden, who we just mentioned, the recent transfer from Marshall. Dump truck. I mean, if you, can pick, if you can pick nicknames for an offensive lineman, dump truck is up there. Of course, he was close to joining Florida State. It was between Notre Dame and, and, and Florida State. He chose Notre Dame. A 2020 AP second team All-American, start of 31 games. He boosts that experience of the offensive line. Four new starters this year. It was a real strength last year. It always is. Kane Madden on the inside is definitely going to help Notre Dame this year. Well, a lot of optimism, JP, going into the season opener. You know, Notre Dame has not won a national championship since 1988. They've been in the college football playoffs a couple of times over the past few years. But this is a statement year. You've got great leadership in Jack Cohn, but just what Brian Kelly and his staff has done to really build for the future. This is going to be a bright couple of years coming up for the Fighting Irish. A big announcement today, getting one of the best tight ends out of the, in the country out of the state of California. Uh, and then you've got a kid in my local area, Drake Bowen, out of Andran High School, who's, you know, narrowing down his list. But, you know, he should be a player that should be playing on Saturdays at Notre Dame. But uh, everything just seems to be coming into place. And now the one thing that you, you, you want this team to do, and that is to stay healthy. And they've got that next man mentality in. And I think uh, I'll give credit to Drew Pye. You know, this is a tough situation for him. He comes in uh, and you've got, Jack Cohn basically coming in and getting the job. But Drew Prine has really had the right mental attitude saying, hey, listen, I'm going to get my chance. If Jack goes down, I'm going to have to lead this team. I'm going to learn as much from him and the coaching staff so that I can come in and get prepared. And so, you know, accolades for that young man for really having that mindset coming in because, as you said, we're deep. Notre Dame is deep, but it's just that one injury. Fortunately, this year, deep in many positions. Now, the one question mark coming in is that Notre Dame secondary on the corners. Notre Dame does have, you know, Kyle Hamilton coming back. And, you know, 
uh, Cam Hart as well, but I think they're going to be tested by Florida State. So look for Florida State to come out and try to just uh, just pick Notre Dame apart with a short passing game. Definitely. And of course, Florida State lost their, their number one receiver in Samorin Terry uh, this year. He did have a pretty disappointing season, although he did light it up against, against Notre Dame. Uh, of course, they are going it, it's going to be hard for them to have those explosive plays with that insecureness around the quarterback position. They've got some transfers coming in. They've been very active in the transfer portal. Their number one, Andrew Parchman, coming in from Kansas. He's going to be on the outside, has legitimate home run speed and the size to jump. You hope Cam Hart as that as that big lengthy boundary corner will be able to contain him. We've got Ontario Wilson. They have some they have some a lot of athleticism at the running back position as well. Now, in my opinion, the linebackers for Notre Dame, that front seven is is the highlight of that team. We we spoke about the depth, that next man up. Nothing encapsulates that more than the linebackers. It almost seems like a new front seven can come on at any time. That speaks to Marcus Freeman's uh, philosophy, that fluidness, that multipleness in the front, even that rover position, which Jeremiah Wusikoromo has played so well. It's sort of a rover by committee. You've got guys that can come in there. Jack Kaiser seems to be the starter, but they've all impressed in different ways. Isaiah Pryor, who I'm a massive fan of, I think can do really well in running, in running down situations in that rover position. Now, the... The highlight of the of the Florida State team, I think, is their defensive line. It's a great starting point for this uh, Notre Dame offensive line. They've just got uh, Jermaine Johnson coming in from UGA, number one JUCO recruit. Struggled to get on the field, but when he did at Georgia, he was very impressive. They have just have a stacked defensive line grouping. They will throw some more multiple fronts. They have they they also have a, 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 a an element of the Viper position that we've seen in the Clark Lee defenses and this defense. I think it's set up really well. I do think the the athletes that Notre Dame have on both sides of the ball should be enough to get the win this this Sunday. And I think really conditioning, and that's been the big difference of the Notre Dame teams over the past couple of years when they brought in Matt Ballas as their strength and conditioning coaches and, and that staff. But you saw, you know, years ago, Notre Dame, when it got to be November, it was a team that looked tired. Now they're getting stronger as the year progresses. Uh, there is depth. But, uh, JP, looking at this Florida State game, this game has already been played on paper. We know that Notre Dame is going to be competitive this game. I think the real keys in this game is, one, Notre Dame needs to score, as we know, but don't score quick. Keep them on their field defensively. We know that weather is going to be a factor down there. It's going to be very hot. Let's keep that Florida State Seminole defense on the field as long as possible. Give a lot of touches. Get everybody involved in the, in the offense and just take some time and eat up the clock. And I think that's the one statistical category that's going to be key is time of possession. Now, another key on defense, Notre Dame needs to get a couple of sacks early on just to set the tone, get that adrenaline going. Would love to see one of the defensive ends. I'm going to say Isaiah Foskey is going to be one of the first players to get in there and get a sack. I'm looking at Notre Dame sacking Florida State quarterback at least three times in this ballgame. So that is the second statistical category. And the third one is control the controllables. Don't beat yourself. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. Don't give up the football. If you do, it's that, that sudden change. Shake it off, get back in there mentally, and just play your type of football game. So really the keys is to just wear down Florida State. And once you've got them on the ropes, you've got, you've got control of the ball game. Definitely. I'm definitely looking at that and that, at that front seven, that front four especially. We've seen it. It's been, it's been super impressive. This Florida State offensive line, isn't the best that Notre Dame are going are to face. Of course, you have Dylan Gibbons transferring over from Notre Dame, 
has as much experience as a backup can do. Uh, better in the passing game. Can we get some of those one-on-one blocks? Can we get Kurt Heinisch in there, just just shaded inside the guards? Can we can we get um, Isaiah Foskey going? Can we get Jordan Patello coming down? That's going to be huge pressure. The quarterback. They still haven't announced the starting quarterback. Whoever it's going to be, it's going to be it's going to be nervous. We need to get the crowd neutralize that crowd. They're going to be up for it. It's going to be a full out sold out stadium. That can even um, impact our um, uh, offensive line. You know those guys haven't played together. Blake Fisher, his first ever college games were baptism by fire they're going to be really interesting I also think Mike Novell is going to have a point to prove very disappointing season very disappointing last few seasons for Florida State a, a powerhouse uh, conference uh, really of course Mike Novell did face uh, Marcus Freeman uh, uh, defense at Cincinnati twice during his last year at Memphis and Norvell beaten twice and they had a high success of running the ball consistently getting solid first downs. They play a ton of press coverage. They're pressing them at the line. They're going to do the same now. They're going to need to do that. And they're going to even try and catch Michael Mayer because I don't think their linebackers can keep, can, can keep up with them and their defensive backs can just physically match them. I think their Notre Dame DBs will do the same. Hopefully they can limit those big plays and make those windows small for whoever the quarterback is going to be. Make him work for those first downs. Well, I know Notre Dame's defense is going to show so many different looks as opposed to last year under Clark Lee. And I'd like to see him blitz and, you know, come up with that big play. But it's going to be interesting. In your opinion, first play of the game, Notre Dame's first possession, what do they do? What do they do? I think we've got to start off on the ground. You know, it's, 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 it's an obvious thing to say, but you've got Kyron Williams and you've got Chris Tyree. I want to see them both out there. I want to see them... Hitting, hitting, hitting the gaps that the, these offensive linemen are going to make. I want to see some screenplays. I want to see some RPO action. I want to see the this expansion in the offense, which Tommy Reese has spoken about. We've seen it in practice. But yeah, those running backs are going to be the key. Kyron's going to have a big year. Chris Tyree is 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 is, is, is waiting for his chance as well. So I want to see them both. Well, JP, I'm tired of talking about it. It's time <laughs> yeah. to watch that football game. And where will you will you have a chance to watch the game? Listen, and how can fans in London? and in England, and in Europe, watch the game over there. No, it's going to be on the Peacock Network. You're going to have to stay up late on Sunday night. But listen, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram. We can get together. I'm excited. I've been waiting for this for the last year. I'm feeling confident. The the the, the spread has gone down. I'm, I'm still thinking that they can, can win this by, by 10 or more points. But right out that first quarter, the crowd are going to be up for it. Keep them from, from getting ahead of themselves get our offense in the field, get their defense out, and then, as you say, win the game. Win the game. That's all we got to do. 7.30 p.m. kickoff time down at uh, Doak Stadium in Tallahassee, Florida. That is going to make it early on Monday morning for you, so it's going to be uh, interesting for our fans to you know, watch over there, but we hope that you'll stay up and, as you said, you know, Twitter, send uh, Twitter messages and emails or what have you. But looking forward to it, JP, our first broadcast for the – uh, 2021 football season in the books, and we will talk to you after an Irish victory. Sports Social Podcast Network.